Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. 1 Samuel 26, Abishai is like an Old Testament version of the Sons of Thunder in the New Testament. The Sons of Thunder in the New Testament were James and John. They went to a village and the village would not receive the word and they said to the Lord, should we call, let's command fire to come down. Let's have a barbecue right now. We'll just, we'll step away from the village and watch it burn. How's that, Lord? I mean, people did that in the Old Testament, right? It's cool. Jesus said, no. No, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. I came to save men's lives, not destroy them. And do you know that John became the apostle of what? Of love. He's the one whom Jesus loved. He wrote so much about love in John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It's amazing. He became a man of great love and compassion for people. That's what the Lord does. That gives us all hope. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, verse 9, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be without guilt? David had to be thinking, though, this is deja vu all over again. I've got a second. Have you ever been here before? I've got a second crack at my enemy. Maybe this is God. I don't know. We've all been there before, right? But David took the stand the first time. He says, no, don't destroy him. Don't uh, raise up your hand against him because if you do, if you touch him, it will not be without guilt. I want to tell you something about wisdom. It's not that David wasn't going to take the throne. It's not that Saul wasn't going to die because Saul would die. He's about to die in a few chapters. He's going to die in battle. But this issue was about timing. When the devil came to Jesus and tempted Jesus, he said, if you'll bow down to me, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he said, all these I will give to you if you will bow down to me. All the kingdoms of the world will be ruled by Jesus Christ. Amen? He will rule and reign from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. However, life is about timing and doing things God's way. Adam and Eve in the garden. I read one commentator this week. You may not agree with him, but he says he believes that they would, they would have gained access to the knowledge of the tree of good and evil at some point. It's an argument, it's speculation, but it's his, it's his argument. Because he's saying the tree was not necessarily bad, but it had to be done in God's way and God's time. Just a, just a uh, connection here. This is what wisdom is about. It's doing things in God's way and in God's time. Navigating your life. Say a thing about my son here. My beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. On his 18th birthday, I bought him a sword. And I had uh, done some things with him. It was through a program called Raising a Modern Day Knight. And on his 18th birthday, I engraved a sword so he could remember And it says, Shane Michael Lance, it's got his birthday on there, and it says, a true modern day knight. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about wanting to do things God's way. 
He stands up here. I don't know how he plays all these different things at the same time. But he's, but he's doing it for the glory of God. Amen? It's about doing things God's way and God's time. David knew he was the anointed one. The temptation was not to try to grab it for himself by his own timing and will. And so he was, he was uh, oftentimes confronted with that. That's going to be some of your temptation. You know God has a plan for your life, but sometimes you've got to wait for the full uh, unfolding of that plan. And God's going to ask you to be patient. And when you try to grab it and force your way in, that's when we can get in trouble. Now David, verse 10, also said, as the Lord lives, surely the Lord will strike him. He knew that Saul's day was going to come. But he had learned from the episode of Nabal. And remember, all these are life lessons, right? He had learned what happened to Nabal. The Lord struck him. And he what, 10 days later, he died. And when the news came to David, David said, Remember the famous line? Praise the Lord, he's dead. That's where the song came from, The Wizard of Oz. Ding dong, Nabal is dead. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> now look at this. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't remember that. Get that out of your mind. Surely the Lord will strike him. Now here's where this phrase comes, I think. Or his day will come that he dies or he will go down into battle and perish. And by the way, that's what happens. So this is a bit of a prophecy here. Noted in your Bible, David said, I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. His day will come. Some of you need to mark that because you struggle with that and I understand it. But David, I think, is saying, I trust God's sovereignty and judgment he took care of the last guy who was a fool, Nabal. And I believe he's going to do it again. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand, verse 11, against the Lord's anointed. He's still the king. But now please take the spear that is at his head and the jug of water and let's go. So David took the spear and the jug of water from beside Saul's head and they went away, but no one saw it or knew it. You've got to say, what's going on? They've, there's all kinds of conversation. They take the spear, the jug of water. Abishai is saying, let me kill him, let me kill him. How could nobody wake up? Nor did any awake, for they were all asleep because, notice, a sound sleep, tardamot in Hebrew, same uh, root word that was used for Adam's deep sleep in Genesis 2.21 when God did that surgery and took his rib. A sound sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. The Lord had them snoozing. The Lord was in control. Nothing was going to happen because David was going to take the throne and nothing was going to thwart God's plan. And here's the sovereignty of God. God's watching over the man after his heart. Then David crossed over to the other side. He's got the spear. He's got the jug of water. He stood on top of the mountain at a distance, a safe distance, with a large area between them. And David called to the people, maybe something like, Hey, you men of Saul! And to Abner, the son of Ner, he's the commander, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? And Abner, I'm sure, wiping his eyes from sleep, said, Who are you who calls to the king? So David said to Abner, are you not a man? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> are you not a man? Questions Abner's manhood. By the way, this guy was a, a valiant warrior. He was courageous. He, 
had a reputation in Israel. He had been the commander from the beginning for Saul. David says, who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your Lord the king? For one of the people, <laughs> there was two, but I think he's talking about Abishai here, came to destroy the king, your Lord. Now you're not going to hear a peep from Abner because I think he's still a little bit groggy. And David says, this thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, all of you must surely die. Literally, you are the sons of death because you did not guard your Lord. The Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is, the jug of water that was at his head. You want evidence? Here it is. We could have killed him. Here's his spear. Here's the jug of water. And the men are all sitting there like, what? What happened? I don't know. Where's my teddy bear? I don't know. Give me my blankie. You didn't do your job. If anybody should die, it's you guys, not me. I don't know why you're trying to kill me. See, this is David's argument. Just like he cut off the, spe- the, uh, the side of uh, the robe in the cave for evidence. Now he's got evidence. I was there. We could have killed him. And in fact, David did stop the death of Saul. And Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? Well, Saul. Why is he called David his son? What's he doing out there in the wilderness trying to kill him again? Is that you, my son, David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord the king. Wow. He also said, Why then is my lord pursuing his servant? For what have I done? What evil is in my hand? Do you remember when Pontius Pilate appealed to the people? And he said on multiple occasions, What shall I do with Jesus of Nazareth? What evil has he done? And the people said, Crucify him! It was the procurator, the governor of Judea, who was trying to release the anointed one, the Messiah, and the people would refused and he had to say what what wrong what do you accuse him of what evil has he done i think on five different occasions it was pilate who said i find no fault in him and the anointed one who cast a shadow of the future greater david the messiah asked the same question to saul what evil have i done that you want to kill me why do you continue to pursue me when I am simply a servant, what have I done? Now therefore, please let my Lord the King listen to the words of his servant, 19. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, look at David's humility. Look, if the Lord's using you to discipline me, let him accept an offering. I'll make an offering. If this is God's hand, and David does this several times in his, in his journey of life, When other people are ready to do something, he says, who knows, maybe this is the Lord. If you want to be a good leader, if you want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, you must stay open and you must stay teachable and you must be able to even say in a situation, maybe God is speaking to me through this. I don't know, but I can't just chuck away what someone's saying to me right now. If you can stay in that kind of position, you may be able to glean wisdom even when maybe there's... So you get some criticism and you can check most of it over your shoulder. You can probably learn something. 
If you stay teachable and you say, Lord, maybe you're trying to say something to me. That's David. Look, if God's, done, if God's behind this, I'll make an offering. I'll do what I have to do. But if it is men, cursed are they before the Lord. For they have driven me out today that I should have no attachment with the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go and serve other gods. And I don't completely understand what David is saying here other than I think he's saying, because I'm on the run, I can't go to the sanctuary. I can't be involved in corporate worship. I've lost my inheritance. I've lost my wife. All because of false accusations. And you know what? What happened to Jesus Christ? They couldn't prove anything against him, so they had to bring false accusers against him. And, and accuse him of things that he never did and never said. They twisted his words at best. And David says, I've been out here in the wilderness for years. You've been incited by people. I don't know what is at the heart of all of this, says David, but you know what? You've pushed me into exile, away from my wife, away from my church, away from my family and my friends, my best friend. I can't even see him anymore. Man, you put yourself in David's sandals right now, you can understand. He's frustrated. What a great uh, temptation it must have been for him to end it and kill Saul, but he didn't. He says, now then, do not let my blood fall to the ground away from the presence of the Lord. I don't want to die out here in the wilderness by your hand, Saul. For the king of Israel has come out to search for a single flea. He had said something similar in, the, in chapter 24. Just as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. There's some sort of play on words here where David is calling to them and uh, the partridge is um, connected with the collar. But he's saying, look, um, you're just hunting a, a little bird. Why are you doing this? And what will Saul do? What's his response? Then Saul said, Refreshing. I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will not harm you again because my life was precious in your sight this day. And then these famous words, Behold, I have played the fool and committed a serious error. If you have the NIV, it says, I've acted like a fool and I have erred greatly. New King James, I've played the fool and erred exceedingly. Here's the question you've got to put by this verse. Is he sincere? He wasn't last time. He was repentant in the moment because David had given him a break and spared his life. But was he sincere? Did he, was he really owning what he had done? And David answered and said, Behold the spear of the king. Notice David's wisdom. Now let one of the young men come over and take it. This is the spear that whistled by David's head at least three times, right? Probably looked at it a little bit like, I don't know, should I give it back to him? He says, go ahead and come and get your spear. The spear and the jug of water represent Saul's power and authority and his life. Water is life. And in a symbolic way, Saul has been robbed of his authority and power and robbed of his life. And this will become symbolic because Saul is going to pay with his life. The Bible says, In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of you. 
Behold, I myself created the smith who blows the fire of coals and brings out a weapon for its work. I have created the, the destroyer to ruin. No weapon that is, a form, that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. That's Isaiah 54, 14 through 17. That will ultimately be fulfilled on judgment day. You may have accusations against you. They may be false. They may be trumped up, whatever. And the Lord says, ultimately, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. I am for you. And if I am for you, remember, who can be against you? And then David says, and the Lord, 1 Samuel 26, 23, will repay each man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. David's taking refuge that God knows exactly what's going on in the mind of Saul. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I refuse to stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Now behold, as your life was highly valued in my sight this day, so may my life be highly valued in the sight of the Lord. May he deliver me from all distress. Then Saul said to David, Blessed are you, my son David. You will both accomplish much and surely prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. And David and Saul never interacted again. That's it. It's over. Now, if you would turn to Galatians chapter 6, we will finish with this idea of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6. This is wisdom. And here's David's statement. The Lord will repay each man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. Salvation is by grace through faith, not by works. But that doesn't mean that the Lord's not going to reward you. And it doesn't mean that you won't lose rewards for doing silly things. Jesus says in Revelation 22, 12, and 13, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Galatians 6. Look at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Sowing and reaping is a farming image. You sow seed. What comes out is what you put in. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit <clears throat> excuse me, reap eternal life. Now notice this encouragement. And let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, when the season is right, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Father, we want to be wise people, and we thank you for this text tonight because it does teach us about wisdom and folly, about what it means to be a wise man or woman, and a fool. Saul played the fool and he erred exceedingly. David 
restrained his hand and trusted God. He stood on the promises because underneath us are the everlasting arms. Lord, I know many in this group tonight personally and I know that it's their desire to walk with you in truth and wisdom, to make the most of their time because the days are evil and to be wise and circumspect. These lessons of the Old Testament we're told in the New Testament are for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come. So we're to learn not to do what Israel did, not to do what Saul did, but we're also to learn by good examples and to follow the anointed one. The ultimate fulfillment of this is Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, we know David failed and we've made our mistakes. But Jesus, you're our ultimate example and you've blazed the trail. And not only are you our example, you are our power. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So tonight, Lord, in a fresh way, we just want to recommit ourselves to the way of wisdom. You are that way. You are the truth. You are the life. And no one's coming to the Father except through you. With your head and heart bowed, if, you're not, if you've not met that wise one, Jesus Christ, if you've not met the one in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, God in human flesh, Savior, Lord, intercessor and friend, he would like, I know on the authority of Scripture, he would like you to come to him at this moment because now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. He's not willing that you would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And you've got to take that first step toward him. You simply do it by prayer and faith. If it's you tonight and you want to make it official, you want to become a Christian, you don't want to straddle the fence anymore, be undecided, because to be undecided is to be decided. It's something like this, and I would just encourage you to pray it out loud. Jesus, come into my life. Thank you that you died on the cross for me and rose from the dead to defeat death. I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask that you'd help me to walk in your ways. Save me, Lord, from my sins and from spiritual death. Make me new on the inside. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. In Jesus' name. Lord, for those who have cried out to you, I pray that you would give them a new start. They're a new creation in Christ. Fill them with your spirit. Fill them with hope and love and truth. Give them a new start. Let them know that their sins are forgiven because they were put on you at the cross. And they have your righteousness because of the gift of salvation. For that person who may be a prodigal tonight and the ways of wisdom have been a bit distant, would you bring them back to a place where they're walking in the light and integrity? And for this precious body, Father, and for the, I know the light that they shine in this community, keep them strong. 
protect their marriages. Keep us wise. Let us walk in a way that brings you glory and honor. We're so grateful to be your people tonight. So grateful for your mercy when we've fallen short. Your grace, your love that's better than life. We love you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi everybody, this is Cameron Thomas here and I'm sitting here with Pastor Michael and we're about to embark on a new adventure for Living Truth Radio. It's not going to replace the program that you're listening to right now. It's actually in addition to what you're listening to. So, Pastor Michael, what's this new adventure that we're embarking on? The new adventure is called The Bible Answer Show, Cameron, and it is a show to get questions from our listening audience and to give them answers. The tagline is, you've got questions, we've got answers. At least we hope to have all the answers, Cameron. And so it's a live interaction show, Q&A style. When can people listen to this new show? This show is going to be on from 12 to 1 Pacific time every Friday. So that's the time, 12 to 1 Pacific time on Fridays. And how can people access this? There's a number of ways to access it, Cameron, and the hub of it all is livingtruthradio.org. That's our website. And I'm hoping that our listening audience has already been there, livingtruthradio.org. And there they'll be able to find out all the different ways to interact with the Bible Answer Show. And the different vehicles are Facebook Live, live YouTube channel. We'll have podcasting where they can go back and listen to the show later. And they can even email questions to us at answers at livingtruthradio.org. That's answers at livingtruthradio.org. Awesome. So make sure you guys get those questions into us because otherwise we're trying to guess what questions you have and we're not mind readers. So get those questions into us so we can answer them for you on Fridays. Pastor Michael, anything? Last thoughts? Well, you're kind of the Facebook guy, Cameron, and I was thinking when people go to Facebook Live and they they have to like the Bible Answer Show, right? So tell them about how to like it and then how to get their questions. You have to go to facebook.com slash Bible Answer Show. There's no the, just Bible Answer Show. And you like the page, and if you follow us on Facebook Live on Fridays, you can actually ask your questions there. That's the only real live format that you can ask your questions. Otherwise, you have to email them in. And when they do that, they'll be able to interact with us live and get their questions answered right there on the spot. So that's it's going to be great, Cameron, and we're really excited. And hey, I just want to tell you guys... Keep us in prayer on the Bible Answer Show. We're adding this as a new show. We know you have questions, and you may have friends, family members have questions. They may live in other states or even another country. Tell them about the show. Keep us in prayer. And join us this Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Bible Answer Show. Can't wait to be with you guys. On behalf of Living Truth Radio and Pastor Michael Lance, blessings to you all. LivingTruthRadio.org Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.